Hobby Addicts の時間です。It's time for Hobby Addicts. And now, here are your anime addicts. Everybody and welcome to Hobby Addicts, episode 160. A lot of hobby addicts now. It's a lot. It is. Yeah,、mm-hmm. it's a lot of hobbies. <laughs> I am your host, Mitsugi, and I am, I am talking to you from a piping hot St. Petersburg, Florida. It is 97 degrees outside. And、Ooh. I, but、Can、I. Can you cook your eggs on the, on the pavement? You, man, you, let me tell you a little story. <laughs> I have. Do I, the eggs just evaporate? There have been times <laughs> where my tennis shoes have melted. On the sidewalk in Florida. That is a thing that's happened. So, Mandy is, fr- is calling in from the not as hot Cincinnati's. Mandy, how、mm-hmm. are you today? I'm doing good in my 54 degrees weather. Oh, <laughs> rub it in. T shirts. <laughs> T shirts for everybody. And of course, we also have. <laughs> actually, ha- more like a light jacket. Well, maybe a sweatshirt. <laughs> it's sweat- actually a little sweat- chilly. Sweatshirt. And、yeah. uh, we, we have no Enzo, we have no Kazuo, but filling in, we have Dojima from our Discord channel. His first time ever on the podcast, and how are you today? And where are you calling from? I'm calling from the wonderful area of Pennsylvania, where、oh, okay. it's so cloudy all the time that people have accused us of being vampires. Oh. <laughs> well,、uh, what, what, what part of Pennsylvania are you in? Because I grew up in, in West Virginia, so not too far from the Pennsylvania、uh, border. Mostly the northern part, right by the border of、uh, New York. Okay. All right. Well, nowhere near me. Okay. Well, and all of you listening at home, welcome to Hobby Addicts. We have a, a mishmash today of things,、um, as things have been a little, at least on my end, things have been a little interesting lately as I've been doing nothing but like job stuff.、Um, but I'm going to be talking, I'm going to do a little a small update on Dragon Quest XI, which I've been playing more of lately. Mandy's going to be talking about Deathmark, which I have no idea what that、mm-hmm. is, but we're going to find out. And Dojima is going to talk a little bit of Final Fantasy XIV as he has. Jumped back into the game. So, we're going to have a little, I guess, a, probably a video game filled episode for you. A game bonanza. That's right. Oh, yes. <laughs>、um, I'll just start because I'm not going to take all that long. I had, I, I had put down Dragon Quest XI for a while. The, I was super excited about the yeah, game. Yeah, when was the last time you talked about that? It's been a long time. Yeah, well, it's because the game just wasn't grabbing me, you know? And. It had some really cheesy, sort of really lame stories that, you, that, that they force you to go through, and they almost feel like filler. And I was just、mm. got sidetracked by、mm. Sekiro and the Mega Man X collection and some other games that had, that had come out. <laughs> Understandable. And, you mean, the, and, you、um, mean getting the Puff Puff in each town didn't entice you?、Uh, the Puff Puff. <sighs> I, did, I did get the Puff Puff a few times, and I immediately thought of Master Roshi. Since、uh, it is the Dragon Quest games are, de- are designed by the creator of Dragon Ball. But, you know, this is the first, Dragon, the first Dragon Quest game on console since Dragon Quest VIII. And I had put it down for a while and I picked it back up a, like a few nights ago and I started playing it. I got through the cheesy section and it, ha- it has turned around for me a little bit. And I'm actually kind of engrossed in it at the moment. The, the thing about this game is that Dragon Quest XI is one of the most beautiful games I've played in a long time. I mean, it is. Everything in it is just stunning, like crisp and beautiful. And I've run into some fun little, like, side quest mission type things. There's a, 
I, I, I visited a, an academy in the game where they're teaching the students all about like these, like they call them mini medals. So if you, if you play Dragon Quest, you, you know what the mini medals are. They're almost just like collectibles that you get. And then mm-hmm. the principal will give you a stamp. He gives you a stamp card. And when you find mini medals, you can go back to him and he'll put, put stamps in your stamp card and you can get prizes for collecting them. So there's sort of a collection aspect of the game. And I went through a couple areas that are just, were just amazing. Like I went through this area called the, it, everything in Dragon Quest is really cheesy, is, is cheesy and kind of like word, word punny. So I went through this place called the Eerie Eerie. It's, get it? Yeah. Cause it's like. The Eerie Eerie. <laughs> yeah, a spooky. Yeah. Clever. Like, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> um, an Eerie, for people that don't even know what that is, an Eerie being like a high up mountain region, I guess, is how I kind of see it. And. Mm-hmm. It was just amazing. Like you would defeat enemy. It's almost like a grassland area, but you would defeat these enemies, and like there's these robot enemies r- r- jumping around in the area. And when you defeat them, you can actually like commandeer them and use their abilities to sort of traverse new areas of the map, which is which was really interesting way that they sort of designed this area. And then there were enemies that could scale walls, and you have to defeat them, and you can like ride on them and scale the walls. It was just a really sort of unique take on just a normal turn-based RPG where you're, you know, mm-hmm. actually utilizing the enemies to go through the, through the sections. And I don't know, it's turned around for me a little bit, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, if I, have you, have either of you played it? Nope. I, have, I have, I was actually wondering, how do you feel about the choice between either the standard, all the characters are standing in one spot or the ability to move your characters around even though there's no real point to it other than aesthetically. Yeah, so I actually, um, throughout the game this, at this point, I have not moved my characters around a whole lot. So Mandy, in this game, since you haven't played it, you start mm-hmm. off in a line, and it's turn-based, you know, just your normal turn-based game. And, but if you want to, you can move your characters and position them on the battlefield, like around the enemies in any way that you want. It doesn't seem to have any impact on anything at all. Like there's no, oh, there's no sneak attacking from behind or anything, but you can mm-hmm. sort of aesthetically position the the characters around the monsters if you want to. I think so. It's, there's no like AOE um, damage abilities that would like target like an area. There is AOE in that it will hit like enemies that are clustered together can be hit by one spell as opposed to two. Um, but can they can they do that to you? Like, is that a benefit? I don't know. Like, Do- if you spread your guys out, Dojima is that a thing that they do? Uh, Does- no, not really. They mostly just so it really serves no purpose. Yeah, there's <laughs> it really serves no purpose other than it looks nice and ooh, you can wander around. I would Weird. love to see them expand on that and maybe add the whole there is some actual impact to moving your characters around and positioning the. Uh, positioning them in certain ways. So just to give you an idea of where I am in the game, I'm at the point in the game where I'm collecting this, the last of the colored orbs that I that I need to go do whatever the hell. I can't even remember what it is at this point. But I, my hunch is that I'm about half, halfway through the game. Um, I'm ridiculously overpowered. I, I'm defeating the enemies almost effortlessly. And I think the reason for that is that the game has a very well put together auto battle system so you can sort of set each character on your team to fight a certain way and then when you enter a battle you can actually just click attack and let the computer do it for you so if you are doing something like cooking dinner or 
watching anime or something, you can just go run into a battle, click auto battle, and the computer will very adeptly fight the battle for you. You, you can even specify how much magic you want it to consume, etc. And so it, grinding in this game is super easy because the machine virtually does it for you. So there have been times where I'm playing piano and I will literally just run my guy up the screen a bit, enter a battle, click attack, and just keep playing the piano. And I think because of that, I think, I'm, I'm guessing I'm probably like five or six levels over-leveled. And, and I've been using that function also because I just wasn't all that interested in the game before. But I find that mm. I'm using it less now because I'm a little more interested in the actual game. So it's been good. Mm. You know, I'm a little late coming to the table with this. It's one of the most beautiful RPGs I think I've ever played. Like the everything in it is just unbelievable. The detail is insane. Like you'll go into a random workshop or something in a town, or even just like in a, like on a mountain or something, and you'll go in and mm-hmm. the the amount of detail on like things hanging on the walls, like the tapestries on the floor, the lighting, like everything is just mind blowing. It looks so good, and I've heard people complain about the music. Like the music is kind of simple and but i mean it's kind of it's dragon questy so like dragon quest has never like it's got that cute dragon quest music just like it has the cute monsters and stuff and yeah i'm starting to enjoy it more and more and i'm starting to see it as like the nine out of ten that it was getting online as opposed to you know what how i felt about it before so hmm. that's good though yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's quite good and it's also fun it's also fun like um it has a sphere grid type system for learning skills, so you can you can sort of choose how you want your characters to develop, and and it will eat and it will without effort at all let you reset and redo your skills, so you don't have to worry about you know not having second chances. So it's a very sort of just a fun, forgiving RPG that's super lighthearted. You know, it's Dragon Quest, and mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of excited to be playing this right now because Dragon Quest Builders Two is coming out this summer. And Dragon Quest Builders is awesome. That game was really good, was really fun. So, hmm. uh, yeah, I've only had the experience of playing the first one. Yeah. I ought to pick up the second one. Then is it coming out for the Switch? I hope. Um, you know, let me see. My hunch is that it would. It seems like, you know, Nintendo and Dragon Quest sort of have a thing. You know, they Dragon Quest yeah. Builders two. Yeah, it's coming out on the Switch. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Switch and PS4. So it's and, and it just looks like they took it and added more to the Minecraft style gameplay that they had already, except it's much cuter than Minecraft. So simpler yeah. not <laughs> as it doesn't have the depth of Minecraft. Like you can't build anything you want. You can't make like you know, calculators and shit in the game if you if you're if you have that much mm-hmm. free time. But, you know, you give up some of that for the cuteness of it. Yeah. Anyway. That's all I have, just playing games. Nice. I hope you have 100 hours to put into it. <laughs> I hope I you can find the certainly time. certainly do not, but, I, but you know what? I might have 50, 50 hours. That or mm. I'll just play it for a whole, for like eight months. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... Um, you want me to go ahead and talk about Deathmark? I want to know what this is. I've never heard of it. All right. Yeah. Um, so Deathmark is like a horror visual novel that was... I have it on the PS Vita. I think it's also available on PS4 and the Switch. And it's mostly, it's one of those visual novels where it's mostly visual novel, but it does have a little bit of adventure like element to it. So um, you are this guy and you can change his name in it. I forgot what his original name was. Steve. <laughs> yeah, he's Steve. I should have named him Steve. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah. And uh, so he discovers one day that he has this like horrific scar around his wrist and um, he has lost some of his memories. And it's this urban legend in this uh, town in Tokyo um, that it or like this little city like area in Tokyo that if you um, like end up with this mark then it's considered a death mark and you're tagged by some kind of really horrific ghost and you have one day left to live and progress and you progressively lose your memories throughout that day until it comes and kills you Nice. and so he ends up um like with this mark but like he at the very beginning of the game he like just received it and he hears about the um the whole mystery behind it and finds himself uh, at this mansion uh, for this woman who was um, doing some research on this mark, on this death mark. And when you go inside the mansion, you find her dead. And, but this like doll starts talking to you, like this big, like human, uh, like this, um, like, human-sized doll, like porcelain doll starts talking to you and you have no idea why it's able to talk, but it seems to know a lot about the death mark and tells you that you have to hunt down this ghost and try, and you can't kill ghosts, but you have to try to figure out some way to, uh, to persuade it to leave, like pers- persuade it to pass on. I feel like I need some horror and, music or something for you. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's, this game is really creepy. Like I have been enjoying it. There are things I like, but there are also things I really dislike about it that I feel are completely pointless to the game. But I've been really enjoying it so far. So um, you also meet other people who are touched by ghosts. And the first one um, is in this school building and you meet this height, like you're like a grown man, but <laughs> you meet this also like high school uh, girl and this little boy. And you they also show up at the mansion with death marks and then you find out that they were both at this abandoned built this abandoned school at the same time and there's this legend in there that there's this ghost that lives inside of this mirror and if you walk by the mirror it will um reach out and grab you and ask am i pretty and if you say uh yes then um it will kill you, or I can't remember why. What? And then this, if you it tell be- it no, it'll say, oh, I need some of that red stuff. But if you're an adult, you die no matter what, because it hates adults. So uh, oh. the only way to really survive it is if you are... Um, if you are, you know, a young, either a young adult, like a teenager, or if you are a child, and you tell it no. And, <laughs> That's the only way you can escape. Is the red stuff your blood? Is it your blood? Um, I don't. I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> but oh, okay. uh, it's jelly. There right? is red it's stuff. Jelly. Yeah, it is part of the um, the mystery strawberry behind it jam. and how to solve it. It's, yeah, because it's strawberry jam. <laughs> yeah, it's strawberry yeah. jam. Yes. <laughs> Ghost needs its strawberry jam fix. Because part of the mystery uh, is to actually figure out what the red stuff is to solve oh. that particular ghost to make it disappear. So I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> And tell you the solution but um so yeah and then you get to choose a partner you can choose um each chapter has is actually a different ghost because then you find out in the first chapter that wasn't the ghost that tagged you it was a different one but uh persuading that one to leave somehow extended your uh your um lifespan 
So then you get to go to the second one, and that one has completely different characters in the next chapter who are touched by, who are death marked by a ghost. And then you have to, you know, get rid of that one. So I've gone through three chapters so far. And um, when you choose a partner, you get to go to the haunting site. And when you get to the haunting site, it's suddenly, um, it's uh, a little less of a visual novel, and you get to actually walk around the school building. Or, um, or like the location and you have to look for clues on the story of what's happened here the tragedies you have to find items to use in different places and at that point um like it it has it's just static images like it's not like a 3d rendered game it is very much like a visual novel but it kind of reminded me a tiny bit of fatal frame in a way because oh, it's so it. creepy oh. <laughs> like the the aesthetically it's a very creepy game but i wouldn't call it scary and i think the one thing that i really dislike about this game is the completely pointless character stats all of them have a stat like they have like a dexterity uh spirit power and intelligence and power and i think the way that those play in is that you will occasionally come across a um some kind of obstacle but it doesn't really tell you when that's going to happen. And whether or not you can overcome that obstacle depends on whether or not you have the right companion okay. with you. Yeah. And uh. like, for example, like when I was in the forest, there is this uh, bush that led into a trail. And when I went to pass the bush, there was this ghost that showed up. And it gives you options, like visual novel style gives you options. Do you want to press on and try to push past it? Do you want to back away or do you want to run away? Do you want to ask your partner to do something? If you try to confront the ghost, it kills you. And there's only one of your companions who can get rid of it. Like if you have one of the other guys, uh, they will try to push past it and it will kill them. But there is a one of the women who with you is apparently has really high spirit power. So she can pray and make it disappear. <laughs> so what, happens, so, what happens if you die, though? Do you have to like go? It's a visual no, novel, right? So that's the other thing is that it's so simple when you die you just get another chance basically oh, <laughs> okay. like like there are like so many save spots it'll just go back to like the closest save spot and it's like okay try again yeah, so, <laughs> so is it more of the atmosphere and everything that's creepy there's no because i know that more uh, horror games nowadays they often have the jump scare as the scary part no. rather than the atmosphere there's no jump scares as far as I can remember. It's very atmospheric. Okay, um, that's good. The stories are really creepy about how the people around there have died. Um, the second one involved this uh, forest and um, there is like this little area where s this family was keeping bees. They're beekeepers. And um, when you go there, you start finding corpses of people with holes drilled all inside of them and when you touch with mm. them bees start crawling out of them Ew. so it's it's really gruesome there's a lot of really like really gruesome <laughs> imagery in this game maybe you should have um, named that character nicholas cage at that chapter <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah and then there are also um when you come across ghosts that are correct answers on things to do and, and wrong answers, but it doesn't give you time to think about it or to like cheat. Like you are on a timer. If you don't uh, like click an option within a certain amount of time, it will kill you no matter what. 
So it does become a little repetitive with the trial and error. It's like, I'll try this one. Okay, that didn't work. I'll just reload. Try this one. So, you know, it's it's really simple. So you, but, can, so you kind of can't lose. Right. That's the sad. And though there are, you know, wrong options where if you um, were able to get rid of the ghost, but you did it in a way that was not the correct way, it can kill off one of the side characters. Oh, shit. So what, um, what happens if one of your companions die and then you can't uh, get through a section because you're missing the companion you need? Um, well, that's usually at the end. It, there's like a resolution of what happened afterwards. Okay. So, so, for example, in the first one, there are two different ways to solve the ghost encounter, the big boss ghost encounter. And one way um, will just kind of not really scare the ghost off, but just get rid of it temporarily. And then in the wrap up portion of that chapter, it will kill your companion. But if you are able to actually persuade it to leave by doing the correct option, then your companion will live. So it's kind of like, yeah, that companion's going to leave at the end of the chapter anyways because their death mark has been resolved, but it is kind of nice to have them live instead of die. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like an interesting so, yeah. game. I do love Fatal Frame. Visual novels that usually have good stories, so... Mm -hmm. We just need another Fatal Frame game, though. I have oh. actually went back to Blackwater. I've been playing that too. Because I real I put it off for a long time and realized, you know what? I only got to chapter 11 out of 14. So I'm going to finish that. Yeah, <laughs> That's the one that was on the Wii U. And I would love frame. it if they... Oh, go I'm ahead. sorry. I was just going to say I would love it if they brought that over to the Switch. Because they no one has a Wii U except for me. I'm the only one. Yeah, the Wii U. <laughs> yeah, the poor, the, the poor, the poor Wii U. My Mine's yeah. unfortunately collecting dust <laughs> over there. Yeah, mine was until I decided I, re I wanted to play Fatal Frame. <laughs> so I went back and started playing that again. <laughs> okay. Uh, I love that game. Oh, man, you always have something interesting to bring to the table. I, 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 think, I think I've virtually almost never heard of any of the games you're playing, but it's, I think it's because I'm on nice. PlayStation. <laughs> I think I've seen it, but... It uh, death mark, but I've just kind of passed over it while I was looking and so on. So mm. thank you for bringing some light to it. No problem. There's a, uh, there's a whole... Oh, it's by Askey's game, and I don't know if I said that before. I resisted playing horror music that entire time, just so you know. <laughs> I really was... Nice. I have Do you still have the one oh. from my horror manga minutes? You mean this one? You do still have it. Yep, that one. Do, do, <laughs> do they play music like this in the game, or do you have to, or is it... Yeah, How there's some um, decent horror music in it. Make the right choice or you die. <laughs> Basically, it's actually called Death Choice. <laughs> it's called Live or Die Death Choice. It's like it's your, like your cue that something shit's about to go down. You you have to think fast. <laughs> sounds like the uh, sounds like an it sounds like an anime title. Mm. Death Choice. Death Choice. All right, so Dojima's playing some Final, some Final Fantasy fourteen. So. Which, which I think we have both played quite mm -hmm. a lot. So it's been a while, but so mm -hmm. so what are you getting into with this? Um, I'm actually coming out of for the longest time because the first MMO that I've necessarily experienced was Shimigami Tensei Imagine Online, and I absolutely love that. But its free to play model kind of caused it to go bankrupt. Yeah, I played. Shut down I played that servers. as well for a while, just the beta. But but. Uh, I was, for the most part, 
starting to get curious because I heard an awful lot about Final Fantasy XIV in just the past couple of months. I was asking mm. my friend about it, and I decided to download it, uh, try the free trial for a bit, and now I'm uh, jumping right into it. I've already bought all the expansions, save for the next one that's coming up, and uh, just playing through it and going through the main story content and, it, and everything. I also found quite interesting, too, uh, being completely oblivious to what happened in the past, what... I also ended up watching a documentary that explained uh, Square Enix's struggle with trying to get back when 1.0 and so on was oh, ongoing with Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, the before struggle. they blew up the world. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting seeing from their perspective that struggle where they were pretty much just going, we know it's, you know, we know that there's problems, but like with Final Fantasy XI, we hope that once it's released, that it'll just work out in the end. And then finding out that that's not what happened at that, all. Yeah, that, that didn't work. <laughs> that's what you think that plan. Well, it's because that, yeah. that game was friggin' terrible. It was like un- yeah. it was unplayable, I mean. Yeah. And ah, various like, penalties for people that wanted to play more than eight hours and things like that. It was just bad. And Yoshida <laughs> came in as the new, I think, director of it. And... He and like a power move pretty much presented to either the president or one of the leaders at the time and told him, look, you have two decisions. Either we can keep going with this and it'll be a a tarnish on the Final Fantasy brand or we're going to divide the team into two teams. One team that'll keep patching and releasing content as is. But on the side, we're also going to be working on 2.0. And that's what happened. And got to give mad respects to the people that were working, overworking. I mean, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many people were hospitalized during the creation of 2.0. We know how we all know yeah. how Japanese companies are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just reminds me, takes me back to uh, on a side note of Super Smash Brothers, how uh, Sakurai was apparently still coding Smash while having a drip feeder <laughs> going into Jeez. him. Oh my god, oh. it's ridiculous. I mean, if you're, I mean, yeah. if, you, if you're not doing, if you're not doing that much, are you really trying your hardest? Damn. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what? Can't wreck Japanese people. So what, yeah, it's, it's a shitty ass life. So um, it's no yeah. wonder it's no wonder all these anime are about being a kid, and you know they say the best years of your life are before you get to high school in Japan, because mm-hmm. after that point all you do is work and have a shitty work ass life where you work four hundred million hours of overtime a month. I mean, yeah, I'd be fantasizing about is, being fifteen again too. Yeah, <laughs> the standard is set so high, and the expectations are set so high. And plus, I think it's also still built on their desire for perfection, the desire to perfect things. But when you get into things like crunch time and expectations and all that, but uh, that's, you know, I'm kind of digressing. But I found also that what helped me uh, get back into an MMO in general was also a friend uh, reintroducing me into it and immediately just jumping in there being invited into a free company which is right uh, that mmo's guild and then uh especially with that free uh that particular guild it was for the most part casual you can do some hard stuff like the raids and so on 
and the community overall seems relatively nice. There's, uh, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of toxicity or anything else like that. I was at one point running through a, uh, running through a dungeon as a white mage or the conjurer. And, uh, and there was a point where in that dungeon, uh, if you remember Toto rock where there's just poison for days, everyone's getting poisoned. And at the time I was having a very difficult time keeping up with keeping the party healed, uh, keeping them, uh, from, you know, removing their poison. And then, uh, at the end of the whole entire dungeon, one of them without even like calling me out or bitching me out as the healer, just, uh, turned to me and said, you might want to consider getting better gear. And at that point it was like, yeah, I probably should. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so it was definitely a nice welcome and a nice welcome rather than like a, you suck. Never play this yeah. game again. <laughs> I've had that experience too in Final Fantasy 14. People there seem far more, far nicer than they are in Warcraft. <laughs> Cause like I remember one time I did a dungeon and then, um, afterwards, somebody actually complimented me. They're like, man, you did a really good job. You did a lot of damage and you did all the mechanics correctly. And I was like, thanks. And they're like, "Do you have you been playing for a while? I'm like, no, I just played Warcraft all my life. <laughs> it, it hyper-prepared you. Yeah, hyper-prepared me. <laughs> and, you know, that that has never really happened to me in Warcraft. I have always see so much bitching in Warcraft chats about people just yelling at each other. <laughs> so yeah. it was really refreshing. Yeah, uh, it, I mean, th that was why I liked Final Fantasy XI so much was because I was able to be in a community of people that was really friendly and nice and... Mm -hmm. And I feel I feel like that carried over to Final Fantasy XIV, and my hunch is that it's because the same people are playing this, you know, the same people from that were playing eleven yeah. are playing fourteen, and so yeah, I mean it's it's it really will ruin the experience for you when you know you're getting bitched out because you know you you let someone die or something, and it's yeah. just uh, yeah, I don't know that really ruins yeah. that really ruins a game that's based on community. You know, mm -hmm. so it instead and instead it's like, yeah, it sucks that we wiped on this one particular fight, but then we just kind of laugh it off and uh, emote spam or just go, well, that happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and definitely. then just continue on from there. And that's a nice. That's a nice refresher in terms of the community. And uh, as I said, the lack of there's a severe lack of toxicity or anything like that. <laughs> There's some people with some interesting names, I have to say, but <laughs> so you're so you're you're just getting started on this game that's been out for quite a while now. Um, so like, mm -hmm. what what types of things are you focusing on primarily in the game? Because there's so much, there's so many different things for you to choose from. You could be like trying to power through the story, or I mean, it could really be anything. So, what are the things that you're like engaging in the most? And what class are you? But you said white um, mage, right? But yeah, that's my main that I'm focusing on, and I know that because all of the characters, you can choose different classes and so on, but I'm the mad person that decided to make 13 other alts just because, but, <laughs> 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 but uh, I'm also uh, focusing on Red Mage, and then uh, eventually for a tank job, I was looking into going into Dark Mage, or I mean, not Dark Mage, Dark Knight. 
Uh, that seemed relatively interesting, and from the sounds of it, the mechanics are quite cool. Plus, I can uh, spam and chat when I decide to use one particular skill. I forget what it is where, as you take damage, that, uh, that you start re uh, recovering uh, mana. And so I just want to, hmm. me being me, just joke around and be going, yes, hit me more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dark Knight and, is it's a sexy class. I, I think that's what Enzo is. Yeah, it just comes off. I mean, that's always what I go for, you know. It, it, mm -hmm. I, I played as Dark Knight in Final Fantasy XI, but it wasn't until way later that they released it. So we had to wait a long time for that. So Always ranged. Always the bard. Always. <laughs> always. Always the ranger <laughs> slash bard. <laughs> yeah. So right now I just mainly switch to Red Mage whenever I feel like going through either a duty roulette or something like that. And I just don't feel like taking responsibility for everyone's lives. I know that sounds yeah. pretty shitty, but <laughs> um, but I'm at uh, what's been infamously called the 100 Bridge Quests, uh, moving from A Realm Reborn to uh, Heaven Sword. It was uh, recommended that, yes, it'll be a giant pain in the ass, but churning through it and everything like that. I've uh, Aside from that, I've also been told to go check out like the Manderville quest uh, to break up the monotony of of just continually going on and on and on and everything else like that. I don't remember that. Mm. I don't remember that quest, the Hunter Bridge quest. Do, do you remember that, Mandy? No, I don't. It's been a while though. Yeah, yeah, me too. It, it's basically the seventh astral era where it's yeah, you killed the uh, you killed the Ultima weapon, and after going through the two main uh, two level fifty dungeons or. I believe that the f they're the first intro raid where you can't skip the cutscene at all. And people, man, that was entertaining. People just shitpost and oh. <laughs> joke around and everything all the time. I, yeah, I think <clears throat> that does ring a bell now. I think there was a dungeon once. It was one of the last dungeons in like the main story of the, you know, the original game. Yeah. Um, you know, before the expansions. And I remember being stuck in a cutscene forever. And by the time it was finished, because it was my first time in there, mm -hmm. uh, the people who, of course, have already done it were like were already gone. at the boss. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm never going to catch up to them. <laughs> yeah. Is that the one where you have to run for a, for like a, for like, is that the one where, where you're, oh, where you're, oh man, it took forever. Yeah. You're infiltrating yeah, the base. They Yes. Yeah, they yeah. decided okay, to yeah, change yeah. that because people, too many people were just skipping the cutscene and running on through that it's now totally unskippable, that no one oh, can skip okay. it. So uh, most of the time, whenever someone's doing that, people are just in the uh, chat message, just spamming and doing everything else and making fun of different characters. Like one of them, I think, <laughs> was often called as a reject uh, Red Ranger because he had the giant hammer and was clad in all red. <laughs> Damn. I remember. Yeah, that. Uh, Warcraft now has cutscenes too before dungeons and raids, but usually I'm happy about those because they get rid of all of the mobs before I get up to the boss. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I don't have to do any work. I'll, I just go straight to the boss. <laughs> I'm surprised people are able to run through a level like that without the whole party because. I mean, in a lot of these games, missing a person it means you're everybody's screwed. So I, yeah, I, it depends. I get that that one mission you're talking about. I, if I recall, people were just like sprint to the boss, so you're just running past all the enemies and stuff. But 
yeah that's pretty that's pretty much it too it's uh it's pretty much at the start you everyone's telling you to just keep running don't bother fighting enemies unless absolutely necessary and then just keep on going and then half the time when you have monsters you're by yourself though yeah it especially (laughs) sucks it never happened to me yet here's to hoping i don't jinx that but uh There's one particular part where you have to click on this elevator uh, or click on this one terminal to get to the elevator to warp to a different section of the map. But if there's an enemy that's currently attacking you, you get canceled out of that. (laughs) So it's a matter of don't be the last one have to click on that. (laughs) (laughs) There's a ton of people in that mission, too, I think. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I may get sucked back into Final Fantasy XIV at some point. It seems to happen... About once a year, I'll jump back in and play for like, I don't know, three weeks and then jump back out. I'm just glad they don't delete. <laughs> I'm just glad that they don't delete. You know, you know when. Whenever, play for your one month sub. Yeah, whenever en- whenever, <laughs> Enzo deci- whenever Enzo decides he wants to play and then not play. You just get to play Overwatch. That's, that's all there is to it. <laughs> I just can't. I, just, I don't know. I just can't. Yeah. Uh, I just can't do the same thing over and over again. And you know, I was really into Overwatch for a while, and then I just got so bored with it. See, that's exactly, I haven't. Had, that's exactly my my expectation of it is that I would get bored. Yeah, I haven't had the pleasure or displeasure of playing it, but I don't want to end up getting salty because competitive things sometimes will get me a little salty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little. All right. Well, I'm hoping. Uh, hoping I'll have more to talk about next week. Personally, I know I've I haven't really had the time to really do a lot of the my hobbies lately so hoping to get back to normal sort of the normal things now that my job hunt is concluded so um nice anybody else have anything else before we uh head into the main podcast here i don't think so i'm just gonna play some more of my horror games i'm on a horror game kick right now i was like give me all the creepy shit (laughs) and it's because I got a new Junji Ito manga, oh. and that's why. <laughs> that's what did it. <laughs> that explains everything. <laughs> so I'm like, give me all the creepy shit right now. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. As always, we appreciate you, and hope that you enjoy our little extra extra sessions here that we do. Thanks to Dojima for coming in and, and talking with us about his experience with, yeah. with the Final Fantasy XIV game. we got a really packed podcast episode coming up, so we're going to get to it, and we'll see you next week. Peace out. Bye. Bye.